It's been a while, but it's Jan it's January of 24, and here we are looking at the Daily Walk again. If you've been reading the Daily Walk, we just finished Genesis. So welcome to the January edition of the Daily Walk. Here's how the Daily Walk's going to work now for 2024. When we finish a book in the Bible, I will get on and let you know what we've just finished and how we're doing and what it entailed. And we just finished Genesis. So there could be months we finish one or two books. There could be months we finish one book. There could be months we finish several. But this month, so far, we're only on the 16th day. We just finished Genesis. And man, if you've been reading with us, you've just gotten to read about the patriarchs of the Bible and the creation. And if you haven't been reading, you have time to jump in with us. It's the Daily Walk Bible. You can get it in the NLT version. You can get it in the NIV version. It's uh, listed in Amazon. You can get it there. If you need one, message me through the Daily Walk Facebook page, group set. I can get it for you. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger. And man, this is good. My 10th time through, and I picked up something the other day that I had not picked up yet. And I'm like, man, I can't believe I picked this up now after I've read through this this many times. Or maybe I just recanted it, you know, and it hit me. And I'm too embarrassed to say. But here's the thing. When we read it and read it and read it, God brings to light new things. And it's so good. So let's just real quick go through what we've learned from Genesis Obviously, we know Genesis was the creation story for Genesis 1, 2, 3. You know, in the beginning was God created the heavens and the earth. And, you know, that's a great story. Genesis 1 and 2, we get the whole creation of man and woman. And I always look at that and I think, you know, nowhere does he say women were created of dirt, right? So I'm not saying they weren't per se because it doesn't get real clear. But, I mean, it says he created woman from man's rib. And then he blew life into them, the breath of life. So think about that. Your breath came from God's breath. So, you know, when we get into the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit living in you, that's God's breath. So from creation, we were created. See, the real definition of humanity when God created us 
human before the fall. Think about this. Real human before the fall in Genesis 3. Real human was in God's image where we were without sin. So when Jesus comes, when Jesus came in the Gospels, and gave his life for us so that we could become human again for all that believe in him should have eternal life because that breath that God gives us in his breath of life, that spirit that he gives us, we can have again because Jesus said, unless I go from here, you can't receive the advocate, the one, the Holy Spirit, the breath of life. Man, think about that. Because in Genesis 3, we fall from grace, right? Because sin happens. They eat. They, they choose their own way. And so many times we choose our own way. We know what God wants for us. We know what right is. We know what we need to do. But we choose our own way instead of going God's way. <laughs> so think about that. We returned human when we let God continue have control in our life when we let God lead us when we get God in our life that's what brings to light all the things that say those that love God live in God and God lives in them because when God created us God lived in us because his breath was in us that's how we came to life man I don't know about you but that's that's pretty cool to me. So moving on, we get, you know, we get the family tree. God moves them out of the garden, and then they have, he says, be fruitful and multiply. And then we get to uh, Noah and his family, and we know the world becomes full of sin, and then uh, the great flood happens, and then we get to Abraham, and God promises with the rainbow that there'll never be total decimation and destruction to the world again by a great flood. And you know, so every time you see a rainbow, man, you gotta, you just gotta think that's God's sign. You know, even when we got massive flooding going on all over the world. We just got to think that that's God's sign, that even in the massive destruction caused by flooding, that it's still not over the whole world. And the rainbow is God's sign, you know, first and foremost telling us, hey, yeah, this is bad, but it's not over the whole world. You know, maybe he's trying to get our attention, you know. And then we get to the patriarch, of patriarchs, right? Abraham. Hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to leave your comfort zone and I want you to go to a land you have no clue where it is. But in this land, I'm going to give you descendants as numerous as the sands on the shore. Right? And Abraham goes there and it's like, okay, I'm here. What's going to happen? And he gets there, and he doesn't know what's going to happen, and he's there, and it's like, wow. Well, I, I, you promised me a descendants, but I don't have a descendant, so he takes it upon himself because he's getting old, and he doesn't know, you know, and he, he has a kid with his 
concubine. I mean, it's like, come on, man. See, so many times we don't wait for God and we take it in our own hands and it doesn't go exactly how God planned it because we put in our own interaction. And God's like, no, that's not what I had in mind. You know, and so we get these two entities. That's a great story. You got to go find it. It's in it's in Genesis. You know, just look for Abraham. And then, you know, he has Isaac. And then Isaac, you know, is his one born of God because it's an immaculate conception. Abram is Abram, and then his name's changed to Abraham, and he has Isaac. And so Abraham and Sarah have Isaac, and it's the one that God promised him. It's the one that all the nations are going to be born from. It's all the one that, that everything's going to be good. And then God says, hey, you know, you got this one son that's supposed to be, you know, you love him more than anything because you know that I gave him that because you were really old. You're like 100 years old, and Sarah's like 90, and it's like you know that I gave him to you. So here's the deal. I want you to take him to the mountain and I want you to sacrifice him. <laughs> sacrifice him to me. And I, we're not saying, you know, anoint him and say, Lord, I give him to you. God's saying, sacrifice him as a burnt offering. That's like slay him on the altar. Take his life for me. You know, because, you know, God's seeing that he's going to have to slay his son for the world. So he's seeing, hey, Abraham, have you put your son ahead of me? You know, and Abraham doesn't even think twice. He says, okay. And he takes his son up to there, and his son's like, hey, where's the, where's the, where's the goat? Where's the lamb for the sacrifice as they're going up the hill? And this is what's really cool to me in this story. Abraham just says, God will supply the sacrifice when we get there. Now, I don't know if he's like speaking code or he's just got the faith that God's going to supply this. Now, the other thing that's really cool is he has his son, Jacob, carry the wood for the the burnt offering sacrifice up there, right? Jesus carried his own cross. It was wood. The other thing Isaac said was to the servants that were walking with him at the base of the mountain or the hill is wait here till we come back. That shows me that he had the faith that as he goes up together, they're coming back together so he either believed that god's going to really provide a sacrifice or he believed that if he did have to slay his son god would rise him again and they were coming back together i don't know about you but that's exciting to me so he's got jacob laid out over the fire and he's gonna or you know over the wood and he's gonna slay him and then burn the offering like they do and as he raises his hand and here's the thing jacob's not even like not even, or Abraham and Isaac, sorry, we're not to Jacob. Abraham's got Isaac laid out over the, the wood, and Isaac's not even putting up a fight, you guys, because he is like, this is what God intended to happen. 
I don't know about you, but when I was going to get like paddled or something back in the day when that was like not frowned upon by this establishment of the world because love without discipline is no love at all. So you would get disciplined back in the day instead of have this unruliness we have today. <laughs> I would like put my hand in the way and kind of get, try to get away from it because you know, it's, it's not a good thing. It, it hurts. Right. But that's what made me a upstanding citizen. At least I believe for the day, but here's Isaac laying on the fire. <laughs> Well, it's not a fire yet, but on the wood that's going to become fire because he knows this is what God's plan is. So here's two guys, Abraham and Isaac, and they believe with all their heart that God's going to supply. Jaira, you are enough. You are enough. I mean, come on. And sure enough, as he raised, as Isaac or Abraham raises his hand, the Lord says, "Stop! I see that you have no other gods before me." In other words, your your kid is not even more than you have. You've not put him ahead of me. This is all in Genesis. So then Isaac gets old, and Isaac has Jacob, and then here's where Jacob comes in, and then Jacob, you know, gets. Isaac doesn't want Jacob to get a, a Canaanite wife, so Jacob gets uh, his wife Rachel, and then they have. Tw Jacob has his twelve sons, and, and you know Jacob has babies that are called Joseph and Benjamin. Yeah, and that whole story is so super cool. But you know Joseph was the one that the other brothers didn't like. So they sell him into slavery, and then Joseph, and I'm really reducing this so we don't go real long here today, but here's the thing. They sell him into slavery because they're real jealous of him because Joseph was the favorite of Jacob. He's next to the youngest. Benjamin was the youngest, right? You know, I have a son that is named Benjamin, and he is my youngest, and there's a story to Benjamin, my son. And, you know, my mother-in-law, who we lost in 2000, just all of a sudden, used to call my wife her little Benjamin because she wanted to be in the play of uh, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. See, the Technicolor Dreamcoat was his uh, little robe that uh, Jacob gave him. And she wanted to play Benjamin, but she didn't get the part in the play. So her mom used to always say, you'll always be my little Benjamin. So when we found out we were going to have our Benjamin, we we knew immediately we were going to name him Benjamin after her mom and her little saying. And not only is his name Benjamin, his middle name is Joseph, After really after my grandpa who spoiled me. But what's really cool is those are the two people, the two youngest sons of Jacob, and Joseph was the one that the brothers didn't like, so they sold him into slavery, and they what they thought 
they were doing for evil, the Lord intended for good because Joseph would go on to, you know, years later, become the most powerful person in all of Egypt. And when the famine hit, these brothers would come and find out that Joseph was now in charge of all of Egypt and Joseph would save all their lives. Now, this story I've just abbreviated like immensely. But this story starts in like chapter 40 and goes to chapter 50. And you got to read that because that is so good. And it's good because Joseph is forgiving. He forgives his brothers for the stuff they did to him. And so many times we can't be forgiving. The only time we are forgiving is when we get revenge, and Joseph never gets revenge. Instead, he loves his brothers. He gives them what they need during the famine. He takes care of them. His bro his dad, he gets to see his dad again. And the most amazing thing in this whole thing is the story of forgiveness. And he lets them know right up front, which is in chapter 50 of Genesis, the last chapter we finished today, what you meant for evil, the Lord meant for good. So do not fear because I have forgiven you. I will take care of you. Man, how many of us can say that today? So I'm telling you, Genesis is a great book. It's full of great stories. And if we don't know some of these stories, I really implore you, take the time to read Genesis. It's a great book. Whether you read it in the NLT, New Living Translation, or the NIV, the New International Version, it's super good. And that is the basis that will give us an understanding of what the whole Bible is about. Because in that story of Jacob, he battles really wrestles with God because he has this thing he wants to he needs he wants a blessing right and what we get out of that is Jacob's name is changed from Jacob to Israel and because he has those 12 sons that's where we get the 12 tribes of Israel because they are the 12 tribes of Jacob. The two are interchangeable. And that's the people of Israel. That's where we get all those people in the Bible that make up God's people that we're gonna talk about from here on out. And now we get into the book of Exodus, which is about, you remember they're in Egypt, but they came from Canaan, but they gotta go back to Canaan and they're gonna be in Egypt for a while and everything is hunky-dory in Egypt right now because Joseph has been in charge of all the land, right? But guess what, in chapter 50, Joseph dies. Now think about this, what happens when your protector is no longer there? Womp, womp, womp. Well, the protector of all the people of Israel, the Hebrews, the tribes of Jacob or Jacob's family is no longer there. And Pharaoh, the one that was in favor of them at the time, will also die. 
So you can imagine how things are going to turn. And it's going to be a while. And thus we will get the next story in our daily walk. So join us and get into it. And we will see you again at the end of the book of Exodus. Have a great venture in our daily walk. And remember, we'll see you again at the end of the book of Exodus. It's a great story. Oh God, my.